This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Jordan Gross, a millennial that's influencing the world to share their happiest moments in life. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Jordan Gross, I am so excited you're on Everyday Leaders this morning. Hi, Melanie. How are you? I was uh, I was bopping my head to that music. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm great. I am great. You are so inspiring. I love the 50 oh, and 50 you. theme that I created, and then I connected to you because you're doing 90 and 90. <laughs> so That's tell right. us, what's that? what is that about? Yeah, so... Uh, the 90 and 90 is much like what you were thinking with the 50 and 50. You have an opportunity to create a theme around what you're doing, right? And you just turned 50, you know, no spoilers for anybody in the audience. <laughs> I hope that you've mentioned that before, but um, I don't want to give away your age. But anyway, you turned 50 and you said, hey, how can I, how can I make something symbolic, something meaningful out of this number and and my life's journey. So I'm going to get in touch with 50 amazing people. And like you said, it's all about the connections that I can make and the relationships that I could build with the, with these 50 people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have a very, I have a pretty similar story. Uh, it doesn't have to do with my age. I won't reveal that just yet, but we can get there if you want. <laughs> um, so I am currently on a journey to cloud nine and there are a couple different components of that, that we can dive into. Um, but basically I've got a book that's going to be coming out sometime in the near future. I've got this website with interviews and videos about people telling stories about their cloud nine lives and about their cloud nine moments. And really I've been studying positive psychology, um, through the question of basically when is the happiest you've ever been and how do you translate that feeling over to your everyday life? Right? Mm -hmm. So cloud nine, obviously that number was nine. Uh, and then I am a Grant Cardone listener, mm -hmm. not too often, but I was listening to his book at the time, Be Obsessed or Be Average, and then I heard his 10x rule. So I was like, okay, cloud nine, there's that number nine, mm -hmm. how can I 10x that? That makes 90. Mm -hmm. What can I do to build relationships and spread the word about what I'm doing with cloud nine? 
hmm, maybe podcast because I love having conversations anyway. And why not have more people hear the conversations that I have with amazing people? So 90 podcasts. And then how long is it going to take me? Oh, I don't know. 90 days. Let's just do it like that. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm going on 90 different podcasts from May 1st to basically July 31st. And uh, just having these really wonderful conversations with all different people, just like you are, Melanie, and sharing this this journey to Cloud9 that I am on and also sharing the journey to Cloud9 that other people are on as well and, and allowing for audience members just like you guys to interpret Cloud9 for yourselves and start living according to that Cloud9 plan each and every day. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's amazing because once you start – thinking about uh, thinking into a process of mm-hmm. what would that look like and so you know as as when before you know when you were creating this and saying okay I want the book has developed out of it and yeah. the podcast and the timeline and the theme mm-hmm. but yeah so how long ago did you decide that you were going to do this yeah so probably like March 20th I had the idea And then I'm somebody, Melanie, who I'm like, okay, I have an idea. Let's just start. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do it. Let's do this right now. But then I was like, okay, I I shouldn't just like start right away. I need, you know, maybe I'll take 30 days to plan the 90 and 90. So that's what I did. And I said, April is going to be all about uh, reaching out to different podcast hosts. And I'm going to try to get all 90 in within 30 days. But I think I ended up at somewhere like 55 so now I've got the rest of the remaining three months to do to schedule out the 90 um, and also complete the 90 interviews. So I started interviewing on May 1st. So this is like my 15th or 16th interview. Um, <laughs> Good for you. And I'm going all the way till July 31st to get the 90 in. And I'm basically uh, for outreach purposes. I just it's pretty simple. I've been reaching out to maybe 10 people a day who host the podcast and the, the key to what I've been doing that has allowed me a really high success rate is um, I'm creating sort of a genuine connection first and foremost. So I'm not just cutting and pasting and copying the same message to every single person. Um, full disclosure, like the part about myself, I do copy and paste that because I'm doing the same thing. Um, so everybody should know what I'm doing. But uh, I really cater the message to what the host is doing and and the journey that they're on. And I do a little research. I look into people that you've interviewed and I look into the conversations that you're having and, and the journeys that you have been on. Um, and I make the connection that way. And then I think people have been pretty receptive to wanting to talk to somebody who is not just in it for themselves, but is in it to add value to others as well. That's so true. You know, I learned so much from all of my mentors and it yeah. that theme of, you know, touching a heart before you ask for a hand, but it's authentic, yeah. right? It's not That's, like, oh, huh. I want to get here, so you're going to help me. And I think when we do that authentically and from a safe space, that, yeah. that we really have that human connection for life. And my company is called Make Connections for Life yep. because mm-hmm. that's what I believe in. And so yeah. having you on this program to really profess your energy around that, it makes my heart happy. <laughs> so, oh, thank you so, so much. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I really, really happy about that. I want to I go back, though. So, so March, yeah. you kind of thought about this. But yeah. when I look at your profile, when I think about the things that have inspired you to get to where you are – yeah. Talk to me about your connection in college and your programs with Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah, I love talking about that. So 
I'll backtrack a little bit because that Alzheimer's organization that I created was really this this spark in my creative and entrepreneurial journey. And I say that because I always wanted to do something different where I was standing out. You know, it's like a lot of the times with people, um, we're all just looking to fit in, right? But I was blessed and fortunate enough to grow up and be an insider. I, I fit in. I had a lot of friends. I was very good at sports. I got very good grades. Um, I had a very loving family, a great support system. And I was really following this traditional path where then I went to school at Northwestern and I got good grades and I got a good internship and everything was basically going down the track that some people dream of. But for me, there was always this voice in the back of my head that said, you know, you need to start something, do something on your own, follow this, follow that effort, you know, follow your curiosities. And I didn't end up doing that until my junior year of college, because at the end of my sophomore year, my grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's. Mm. And at his funeral, I gave a brief impromptu eulogy. And in that eulogy, I basically said, no matter what I do in honor to in order to honor my grandfather's legacy, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to do something at Northwestern to support this community of people who is much more than we expect, who are impacted by Alzheimer's. So I, I took a little bit of time to actually get that initiative going. But my junior year, I started an organization called They Forget, We Remember, which was based off of a couple different pillars. It was support, education, volunteering, and fundraising. Um, all in an effort to create awareness for this terrible, terrible disease. And what I did that I think was really a little bit different than most charity organizations that get started up was instead of just saying, oh, we're going to raise money and give it to the Alzheimer's Association, right? I didn't really know what was what that money was going to do. So instead, I decided to partner up with Northwestern's Cognitive Neurology and Alzheimer's Disease Center, mm -hmm. which was really quite a blessing because they're one of the top three Alzheimer's labs in the entire world with some fabulous, fabulous researchers. And now it's actually called the Mesulam Research, uh, Alzheimer's Research Lab, I believe, um, because the doctor there, Dr. Mesulam, was this amazing, amazing guy who I had the chance to talk to. And when we chatted and also with the business coordinator, Kevin Connolly, uh, we decided that all the money was going to go directly to them in an effort to build a larger space so that they have more room for patient care, more room for uh, studying in, in new and improved labs. And it really made me feel like I knew where the impact was going rather mm -hmm. than just saying, oh, I raised money for Alzheimer's. Like, look at me. Isn't that great? It was it was more so about uh, I know where this money is going to go and I know what it's going to contribute to. So doing that has led me to just like you understand what the journey that you're going on. It's led me to some really cool opportunities, some really cool people, some really great connections. Mm -hmm. And it was that first taste I had at starting something new, listening to the voice in the back of my head, following my curiosity, um, and building something from the ground up, which is truly uh, what lights me up, is growing something and, and watching it develop into something that's impacting others. Mm -hmm. So that's the story with the Alzheimer's group, uh, they forget, we remember. Gosh, I love this story. And it's so oh, important thanks. because so many people, you know, 
when you get in groups and they say, oh, you know, why, what pain did you have to cause you so much success, right? Sure. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's pain in a good sense, right? It's a good memory. It's things that you want to carry on through yeah. your life and mm-hmm. and celebrate. And some people, as they go, as they start growing uh, personally, they think, "Oh gosh, I don't want to be this person anymore because that's you know I want to leave that and I want to move into something different." Mm-hmm. But for this talk, for you as a guest, I really wanted to celebrate all of those things that you have done with your life to say there has always been something more, right? Yeah. I came from mm-hmm. from really a good space. I had the support. But it's okay. I don't have to just live in that support and I feel confident. Mm. What can I do to impact the world? Because I'm kind yeah. of advanced, right? I'm I'm ahead of the crowd because I'm not looking at parts of my life saying, well, I'm, sh- I'm still stuck. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Right. You kind of have this. And so mm-hmm. for... And I'm, I'm going to put you in the millennial generation. I don't know how old you are. You can. You can. <laughs> no, yeah, I kind of do. But... I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but, but part of it is, you know, our society is saying, oh, millennials and, and different generations. And it's so hard to communicate. And how do we connect? And, and so I love your story because it is about using what you know, using what in, in ignites you in your soul to say, I have to get connected to bigger things. It's just not mm-hmm. about me saying, yeah, I, I want to do something for my grandfather, but you took it to the next level mm-hmm. and got yeah. the culture involved in saying, how do we as a society bring this together to do good for others, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what I love about this. And and so thinking about going, as we drive by Northwestern, any of us, close our eyes, mm-hmm. be there if we've been on the campus, or mm-hmm. even going back there to visit, you'll remember your story and how yeah, all of us so. are connected to someone that we know or have loved with Alzheimer's. And yes, how you that Im- is true. <laughs> how you impacted this world. So c- congratulations you. to and you. Thank you so much. And do you mind if I, I mention one quick thing with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So for listeners who, who – so you mentioned in the beginning that finding finding something positive through tragedy or, or loss or something to that effect, right? Yep. And I think about this a lot, right? And and sure, the story that I told, there was definitely that feeling, right? That my grandfather passed away and that it, it was time after that for me to start something new, right? And mm-hmm. that's that was the story with that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but then I get asked this question a lot about, you know, why did I quit? Because this was at my junior year of college. It wasn't when I was in the real real quote unquote world yet. Um, but when I quit my corporate job, I get asked that question about what was your light bulb moment? What was your aha moment? And for people out there who are thinking that they need to experience this light bulb moment where either there is, you know, a a personal tragedy or, or loss or something like that, Um, my answer to that would be no, like no need to wait at all. Mm -hmm. And when I get asked that question about quitting my job and, and writing my first book, uh, I always say that my aha moment was the realization that I didn't need an aha moment to take control of my <laughs> life and make an impact, right? Exactly. I think we, yeah, I think we always hear these stories about people who, you know, uh, unfortunately, sometimes they're they're pretty pretty severe. You know, Tony Robbins abused as a child. Hal Elrod, one of my mentors, had to like literally face death multiple times. 
um, suffered tremendous financial uh, restraints. Um, and then it was time for them to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do to live my life the way that I want. But for me, like I mentioned, I, I'm, I was living a really great life, but you know, there was still something that I needed to, to make my, my life more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I said, why wait for the perfect alignment or imperfect alignment of the stars? I would rather do it now. Mm -hmm. So for everybody out there who's waiting for this thing to happen, uh, there's no need to wait. The, the realization that you can do it now is enough for you to go out there and, and make a change. And, and anything that you're feeling in your soul, you know, that that's what I've always taught from, too, is this authentic, like, you can be happy from within and you can create people around you that can help your energy just improve and find what that is to continue to improve others' lives and, and add value to the world. And yep. so you don't have to necessarily have that, I was this, and now I'm mm. this. You can just embellish what you have from your core and mm. really develop a culture around you. And, and so yeah. that, that's really what I love about connecting with you because we're oh. on this journey and people really need to be inspired to say, don't give up on what you're doing. If, if the things around you feel right, continue that. The space will open yeah. up to you. Yeah. And, and I'm oh, sorry, one more thing that, cause <laughs> what you're, whenever you talk, I, I get reminded of another idea that I've either really tried to emphasize in my life. And it was actually, again, when I was at Northwestern, I had this, it was one of those classes that I honestly took Melanie to just get an easy A. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I heard great things about the class. It had nothing really to do with my major and it was called community development mm -hmm. with a guy named Jody Kretzman who is one of the, the, the leading authoritative voices in this community development world, with, which is basically like um, urban planning, but it's how can we reinvent communities in order to make them grow and prosper. And obviously in the Chicago area, that was a big deal, and it still is a big deal, and he's this leading figure, and he was my professor. So Jody created a system called ABCD. And that stands for asset-based community development. Mm -hmm. And when you talk, I'm so much reminded of asset-based community development because when Jody decided to sort of help reinvent the Chicago neighborhoods that were affected by crime and, and devastation, he didn't say, okay, what are we missing here? What, what do we not have in this community that we need to go out and get? But rather he said, what do we have here? What are our assets in the people who are living here now? What are their skills? What are the attributes that we can all start using right now to make a change, to make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So they had, you know, people who were who were gardeners make gardens in these these uh, impoverished areas. They had people who were, you know, architects, right, who wanted to build new buildings. So they really they used their current resources in order to grow and develop rather than think about um, all the different and, and new things that they had to go out and get. So that just reminded me so much of that class that I took because aside from the asset-based community development, it was really one of the first classes where I realized like, okay, school is not just about learning and getting a good grade. Like this asset-based community development can be transformed into anything in our lives. Mm -hmm. Like it, it should always be about coming from a place within ourselves where our strengths truly lie 
and using those strengths in order to start making an impact. That's so true. And yeah. here, when you start talking, I think about in the corporate world, and I've had a, uh-huh. little, a little more experience than you have, but uh-huh. I will tell you this from my experience. <laughs> when you get into these corporate jobs, and for yeah. years, people kind of get stuck because they go, I want to achieve, or I want to add value, or I want to build teams, or you know, I have goals, and I want to do this. I went to school to be an engineer, or I went to school to be a CPA. And so you get into these environments and and a lot of the process of personal development within those companies right only comes a couple of times a year and uh-huh. so when and when you start leveraging you know needed skills in the job performance you know can you do your functions versus these soft skills i want to call them yep. And that is where you're bringing this in. I wanted to go get an easy A, right? I wanted mm-hmm. to learn how to communicate to people. I wanted to learn this. Those are kind of the soft skills in in the corporate world that we mm-hmm. say, man, do those have value? Do those really help our communities? And the mm-hmm. answer is yes. These yes. are skills that actually define our culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and it's so tough because... Business runs the world, but yet we have this this kind of um, paradox, I guess, if you will. And and it's so interesting because as a human relations person, you know, we're very mm-hmm. connected at the soul, I can tell. And you really want to be able to say, gosh, I wish everybody could know what I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, oh, let me mention something with that because, yes, you, you, you do wish that people could know it, you know, and, and uh, one way that I've found, um, a way to really discover your true gifts, uh, that may be soft skills is by this coaching certification that I actually went through Mm -hmm. called Marshall Goldsmith stakeholder centered coaching in which you enroll people within your life, uh, friends, family, mentors, direct reports, colleagues, and you actually just ask them straight up, what do you like the most about me? What are some of my greatest strengths? What are some of my greatest weaknesses? What do you not like about me? Um, and they're difficult conversations. But at the end of the day, Melanie, you realize so much about yourself. And it could have been right in front of your face, but you didn't realize it because you thought it was this innate natural ability within you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really hit you that that's something that you can share with the world until you know your best friend tells you, how good you are at cheering them up, right? And nobody else can do it the way that you do. So sometimes it just takes a little extra effort in finding that one thing that you are truly, truly phenomenal at. And sometimes using the people around us who we interact with and spend the most time with allows us to open our eyes to our our truest and greatest assets. Mm -hmm. And what you just said, open, right? Being open to that journey because sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of scary, right? People say I'm stuck and I don't really feel like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I feel this purpose inside of me. And so being able to be vulnerable and just sit and ask and get feedback is one of the key things to success. Mm. Yeah, Uh, Because when we experience things, we look back and say, great, I can reflect on it. But evaluating how that went and did we learn from it and are we going to make impact now from what we learned to move forward, those are kind of the key things using these skills to be able to improve our journey. And and so whatever that looks like for certain people and 
And so coaching is always about, you know, asking those questions and then being open uh, to understand what am I going to do with that information next? Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. So when, so you, uh, how long have you been a Marshall Goldsmith uh, coach? When did you go through that process? Um, since September, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of changed your outlook a little bit more, sharpened your perspective. Yeah, it it sure did. Um, mainly because of the, the, the work that I I started to understand and the, and really the simplicity behind leadership and being an effective leader, Mm -hmm. because it's all based on the people around you. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think, oh, I'm going to get into something deep, <laughs> deep here, but uh, I think, you know, so often we're told, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. And that's true in many, many scenarios, in many, many cases. But as a leader, I don't know if that's necessarily true, right? And I think about this phrase that one of my new favorite people in this personal growth and development world um, brought to the forefront. I don't think he originated the phrase, but it goes like this, and I, I, I might mess it up, but you might have heard it before, and it's... Uh, I am not who I think I am, and I am not who you think I am. I am who you think that I think I am. Mm. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's this notion that um, we are totally influenced by other people's perceptions of us, mm-hmm. and we are acting based off of those perceptions. So why would we not garner the advice and the opinions from those closest to us who are making and have these perceptions, right? At the end of the day, we want to learn and grow, but we can do all the self-development work that, that we can possibly do, and that's all amazing, but we're not going to get to that next level and impact the people who we want to impact unless we're asking the people who we want to impact. Mm-hmm. Man, that's true, and that's, and that's kind of scary for people because yeah. it's, well, I know what I'm trying to communicate, but maybe I'm not doing it so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that can be scary. So talk to me about fear. When we get into this, right, what types of fears do you experience now going through your journey, setting timelines, saying, I want to be committed to this next level of growth? And do you have a coach that takes you through that process? Yeah. So... I uh, I have fears every single day. I, I think fears motivate us and fears drive us, actually. So if we're not afraid to do something, I think that we're coming from a place of comfort and complacency, and we're not really pushing forward toward our next challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the first fear that I talk about that I actually experienced in great depth uh, just pretty much a month ago. And that was this fear that I, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't becoming financially abundant quick enough from this, this, my own journey that I'm on right now. And I had this moment, little like panic moment where I said, maybe it's time to go back to a salaried job and, and make a lot of money and, and have this whole world on the side. Right. But then I thought about that again. And and when I'm faced with fears, I, I ask myself why, you know, like five times at least. And I said, you know, why does that Make, why does not having money make me afraid? And, and why do I need money? And why do I, um, and why is this something that I want to continue to do? And, and why did I even start this journey in the, in the beginning? Right. And, uh, finally I got to the point where I kind of said like, well, you know, I am 
currently in a position where uh, the challenge would be less if I went back to a normal job and did this on the side. It's actually going to be a greater challenge and my reward is going to be so much greater if I continue this journey, keep connecting, keep building relationships and, and accomplish what I truly believe uh, I can do in this world, which mm -hmm. is make a tremendous impact. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, taking some, some real deep introspective time and evaluating those fears is, is super, super, super important. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in response to the coach, uh, I don't have a coach on an everyday basis. I, I, I look at my mentors as my coaches and I look at my family as my coaches. Um, I would love to have a coach moving forward. It's just not yet something that I have, uh, taken the time to invest in and I really should. So Thank you for bringing that up to me. You can call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, it, it is important because what I've learned on my journey, each of us goes through changes, you know, and so people, yeah. uh, I talk a lot of, uh, so I do a lot of teaching and a lot of coaching, but, yeah. but a lot of the times, you know, we get to a point where we've needed certain people in our lives. And this is kind of what I wanted to touch on because my listeners really uh -huh. love this, but it's when you step into different parts of your journey, you've got to have different people that are kind of pulling you. And so yeah. looking at the mentors, you know, when we've got mentors in our life and we say, great, they've taught us this much. Now I'm at this level. Now I've got to be pulled up another level because not that you see yourself outgrowing, you know, this journey yet, but when you get there, you're like, okay, I, I need different skills. I need a different yeah. set and so to continue, you know, kind of through this in five years, in 10 years, in one year, in six months, when you start personal growth or you really start understanding how you're connected to the world and what your purpose is, you grow so fast yeah. <laughs> that yeah. in three months you turn around and say, wow, like you've put yourself yeah. in this 90 and 90 after mm -hmm. you complete that you better go celebrate that <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. because what an amazing thing. You know, a lot of people in sales say, and I've been training salespeople for a long time. And so mm -hmm. we go, okay, we hit that goal. And then we forget to celebrate that because mm -hmm. we're on to, yeah. okay, now what's next? We got to keep going. Yeah. Uh, right. And it is important to keep going. That law of momentum is what you are experiencing with, hey, mm -hmm. I got to keep this going because I don't want right. to give, give what I have up, right? Yeah. Because it'll mm -hmm. continue to build. But um, yeah, I love, I love this, Jordan. This has been so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. I feel like we could talk all day. And then the the last thing I'll say about the coach is that I've had coaches and I'm actually an advocate and I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Um, and I think I know what it is because you kind of mentioned it already, having different people pull you uh, along your journey. But um, I've had coaches for different things, right? So mm -hmm. I'd I, I don't really want to have this one coach who can advise me on my work-life balance and this one coach who can advise me on my monetization and my revenue streams and this one coach who's going to just, you know, make sure I am not stressed and anxious, right? I, I am actually a proponent of having multiple coaches if mm -hmm. you can afford that luxury mm -hmm. um, because people are going to specialize in different areas and people are going to have different styles that relate more to who you want to be in each of those different areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious to hear your thoughts there. I agree. 
I yeah. totally agree because, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about kind of a balance. You know, you think about financial and fitness and career and family. Mm-hmm. And so all of these kind of levels, like no one can experience all of that of what you're going through. Right. And then I really believe like if you're going to lose weight, you're not going to hire a family coach, right? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A spiritual coach, right? You're not going to yeah. have that same person that's going to say, okay, let's do some exercises this morning. I'm mm-hmm. going to hold you accountable to it. But yeah. I think the biggest thing is when pe- people are starting to learn this journey is just having an accountability partner, yes. you know, saying, Hey, what you said you're going to do, we want to be a part of this and we want to make sure you're getting your goals accomplished. And I think that's the first step. And so when you put it out there, I'm doing 90 and 90. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'd love to be a part mm-hmm. of this with you oh, <laughs> because well, thank it, you. it brings reward to us, too, to kind of say we helped you accomplish that. Mm. Um, and so it's really just the, that giving back uh, that reward. So, well, so I'm um, so glad that <laughs> you think like that because I, I spoke to one person the other day who kind of said, uh, well, oh, so you're doing 90 podcasts in 90 days. So what, I get 3% of your maximum effort. (laughs) And it was really hard to, you know, look at that person and say, no, not at all. You're getting 100% of my effort. Mm -hmm. It just, I give all of it 100% of my effort. I don't have to equally divide what I'm doing between all of these different people. I I put the same preparation and, and care into each one. Um, so I'm glad that you come from the mindset of being a a real help and a, and a real puller, you know, for me in in my journey. And I hope that I've been able to at least do a little bit of the same for for you and your listeners here. Absolutely, I, I think the space that you come from, your messaging, you know, and I, I look in here and I think there's so much I want to connect with you on in the future, <laughs> and and I know that we will. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, Because I think, you know, being a TEDx speaker, being able Mm -hmm. to say, you're going to have this book, you're going to continue this journey and talk about this experience. That's what people need to get excited about. Like, just have a little goal, right? Mm -hmm. Do a 10 day challenge, do a five day challenge, do a 30 day challenge. And when you reach it, what does that feel like? And then build on that, right? Keep that momentum going. So that's what I feel is so encouraging about you and your story and your passion and so I wanted to celebrate you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I, I, I can't honestly thank you enough. Uh, like I said, it, it takes a real person of, of true courage and openness and vulnerability um, and someone who really comes from a place of, of gratitude to invite somebody like myself onto your show and, and interact in the way that we did. So thank you so much for your time. And I want to celebrate you even more because... <laughs> If, if it weren't for what you and what you were doing, then uh, we wouldn't be here right now. So uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. So how can we connect to you, Jordan? I want to make sure that our listeners can connect to you and follow you from this. Yeah, so it's so funny. Before we even chatted, I said I like to take these conversations in any which way and direction. And we didn't even chat too much about what I'm currently up to, which is all about this journey to cloud nine. So if you want to find out anything and everything about myself, and this journey to cloud nine, uh, head over to journeytocloud9.com, and that's all spelled out: journey t o cloud n i n e dot com. Um, you can find out all the information there, and then throw your email in. And every Tuesday and Thursday, you get a ninety second clip of myself and another person talking about basically the the happiest that they've ever felt. So it's this great daily dose of happiness to approach your day 
with uh, true positivity and optimism. That's awesome. Uh, you're going to have a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You know, and, and I told you this podcast is really to, to just let you share what your beliefs are. And I think yeah. so many times as I did the first year of the podcast, that's what I understood is everybody had the same belief system and it was their journeys. And so being able yeah. to share who you are, what you're up to, what you're doing. And now I really want people to connect and follow you through this and support you. So Thank you very much for being on Everyday Leaders, Jordan, and best of success to you. Thank you so much. Uh, Best of success to you as well. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.